Has a certain podcast host flip-flopped his thinking on the New Orleans Saints? Maybe not so much. Maybe for one game. Maybe it's Andy Dalton. Maybe it's Jameis Winston. Who knows? We're going to get into it all with Jeff Duncan on our weekly Friday get-together as Duncan's Across the Pond on Datitude coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? Hello to all my friends around the country, and especially in Florida and South Carolina, as they are going through the effects of Hurricane Ian, especially those in southwest Florida, central Florida, and as it heads towards Charleston this morning as we speak. Um, We have all been through that here in New Orleans. We understand what they are going through, and um, this was uh, one of the worst, one of the toughest ones we've seen, so our hearts go out to them. We are thinking about you, our brothers and sisters in Florida and in South Carolina this morning as we speak. Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Bikini, advocate at here on Datitude, episode number 97 for a Friday, September the 30th, final day of September in 2022. And uh, we're here to talk about the Saints and the Vikings as they are across the pond in London. And um, an interesting game coming up. We're going to get into it all. Our regular Friday meeting with Jeff Duncan of the Times-Picune, our columnist who is over there in London, has been all week. And uh, some good things going on for us at NOAA.com over there. He hosted an event last night. had Deuce McAllister with him, our Friend Zach Ewing, sports betting director at bet.nola.com, also over in London this week as we cover Saints Vikings. We have it all for you on nola.com and bet.nola.com, and we will continue to follow what's going on and what do we think about Saints Vikings on Sunday. And uh, looking more and more, I mean, a lot of you yahoos on social media are going to get your wish, it looks like. Uh, Andy Dalton, I think it's about a 90% chance now that Andy Dalton is going to start for the Saints on Sunday, as Jameis Winston was listed this morning in England time, British time, whatever the hell they call it. Um, while we were sleeping time, uh, the Saints were practicing. Jameis did not practice. He is now listed as doubtful. Michael Thomas, as a side note, is out uh, with his toe injury. He didn't practice, and so he will not play on Sunday. It looks like the other receivers will, Jarvis Landry, uh, Traquan Smith has a good chance of playing and uh, everybody else pretty much set to go. So things are looking a little bit better overall for the Saints uh, on the injury front. Again, I, you know, I, I made my prediction yesterday. I said it earlier in the week. What I think is going to happen is if the Saints go out and play well and Andy Dalton plays well, you'll have every Yahoo on the planet saying, see, I told you. I told you all you needed was to put Andy Dalton in. And that's not what it's about. I mean, look, if you're blaming the one and two start on Jameis Winston, you need to check yourself. Flat out. 
I mean, I'm not going to get into all that again. That's not what this show is going to be about. We are going to talk about it, obviously, with Dunk, but I'm just telling you my feelings. I, I think, you know, I said Monday, and in and, and the open here today, is a certain podcast of flip-flopping on the New Orleans Saints. Well, I, I'm still not high on them for the season. I was on uh, the final bet show on Fox 8 yesterday, and Juan Kincaid asked me, now that seven and a half wins, is you can bet the Saints over or under at seven and a half again. Is it a good value? Maybe. But the problem is we don't know. We don't know what Saints team's going to show up on Sunday. If it's the same, look, it doesn't matter who was quarterback last Sunday. Saints were a no-show as a team. The entire team was a no-show. When you lose 22 to 14, when you have all the talent in the world, more talent than the opponent, which is what the Saints were last week against the Carolina Panthers, and truly, offensively, besides Christian McCaffrey, can you think of one player on the Carolina Panthers that's offense that's better than what the Saints have? I can't. I mean, you want to bitch about Jameis Winston. Good God, Baker Mayfield's been terrible. I mean, they're passing offense this season. 207 against the Browns, 129 against the Giants, 148 against the Saints. They've been bad. And they, you know, it's, 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 so to lose to that team that you had no business losing to, I mean, you completely outdid them on the field. They have a 66-yard play, and you still outgain them 426 to 293 in yards-wise. It's, it's just not acceptable. So if the Saints show up and play this week, again, and I, I don't even think they have to win. I mean, because, look, let's, let's get the unrealistic dreams out of the way. I don't think this team is a division champion. And I'm not sure it matters what they do the rest of the way. I mean, of course it matters. You, you got 14 games. I don't mean that in a literal sense. I'm just saying where what the, the schedule that the Saints have, it's going to be really tough for them to get to 10 wins, which is what they're going to need to have a chance to win this division. And I don't know that that is, is possible. So as far as this week goes, what I want to see is, even if they don't win the football game, they need to show up. They show up, play hard, and they look like the team we expected to see and still lose. I'm okay with that. But good God, man, show up. And so I think they will. We'll get into the predictions. Duncan and I will give our final score predictions. I've already given mine a couple of times. But if you haven't heard it yet, you'll hear it here in just about a half an hour because we have about that's about the time we have with Dunk today. Uh, he had a lot of things going on over in London. And... Uh, so we didn't want to take all of his time. But uh, the Saints have got to show up. I think they will. Uh, you don't travel that far. You're wearing the black helmets. You're wearing the color rush jerseys. You're probably going to have a new quarterback. If that doesn't fire you up and get you going, nothing will. We've got to see better play calling from Pete Carmichael. I've said that all week. Um, prove me wrong that you're in over your head, Pete Carmichael. Prove me wrong. I'd love to see it. But if you can find a way to win this game and then you got Seattle and Las Vegas coming into town, who knows? Maybe things can start to look up because if you win this game and put together a little bit of a winning streak, you have winnable games on the horizon. Again, coming up after this one, Seattle at home, Cincinnati at home. I'm sorry, they're, they're next before Vegas. But that's not an unwinnable game. I mean, Cincinnati is not playing all that great. Cincinnati, to me, is not as good as Minnesota. So if you can beat Minnesota 
and get two home games in a row. Then you're at Arizona, who's been struggling. You get Las Vegas, who's 0-3 going into this week. And then you get Baltimore at home. So you are home. You only have one more road game after you come home. One more road game until November the 13th at Pittsburgh. And then they're home again for the Rams. So there's a big home stretch coming up. Saints have a chance to get something done. We will learn a lot about them this week. And we'll learn a lot about them with our columnist, Jeff Duncan, who comes on now as we rerun the live portion of Datitude that we run every morning, every Friday morning at 9.15 on all of our NOLA.com and bet.nola.com stations. I don't know that we know for sure that, that Andy Dalton will be starting dunk, but I think it's looking more and more as we get there. Jameis Winston is now listed as doubtful, didn't practice again on Friday, but it's looking more and more like it'll be Jameis, like it'll be Andy Dalton on Sunday and not Jameis Winston. Yeah, look, I think they're just playing the game right now. I mean, I, what I mean by the game, the, the, the strategy game of trying to keep Minnesota guess, and I'm sure Minnesota knows Andy Dalton's going to start. The fact that they let Andy Dalton speak to reporters today says a lot. Uh, you know, you never really have the backup quarterback talk to the media. Uh, I think all signs are that he's going to start. I mean, for, for Jameis Winston to have missed three consecutive days of practice, that's all the game plan installation. Uh, there's really right. nothing left now. So it would be highly unlikely for him to start. They're just probably not designating him out just because they don't have to. And, and I'm sure on Sunday he'll be ruled out. But uh, it's the, I just tweeted out earlier, pretty, pretty remarkable here. It really, the further we get from the Drew Brees era, Jim, the more I think everyone starts to appreciate just how unbelievable and how rare it was. Uh, for 15 seasons, Drew only missed 12 games because of injury and really only missed one game because of injury in the first 13 seasons. Uh, and the Saints had five starting quarterbacks total in those 15 years. They've now, Dandy Dalt will be their fifth different starter the last 14 games. So that just shows you how rare that period was. And the Saints are un- learning right now, Saints fans, all of us, uh, just how the other half in the NFL lives uh, without an elite franchise quarterback. I'm going to throw this out there because I know I'm in the minority when I say this. Um, and I, I read your column. Uh, I, I know what you think. It's time for you. You know, it, you, I think what, you, what you're saying is it's just time for a change. So whether Jameis Winston is, is injured or whatever, I mean, it is a perfect opportunity for Dennis Allen to take a chance. And, you know, if he was hesitant before to give Andy Dalton a shot because you don't want to pull your starting quarterback, uh, that's one of the worst things you can do. Uh, and you certainly don't want to create a quarterback controversy in the middle of the season. Um, and so it is a perfect opportunity for Dennis Allen to put Andy Dalton in the game. But for me, great. I mean, if if, if Winston's hurt, by all means, you got to put Dalton in. But I, I, I don't think that Jameis has been the problem with the team. And I certainly don't think he was the problem this past Sunday. Um, and I, I, I think there's a good chance that the – that Andy Dalton comes in, the Saints could win this game, and then everyone will say, see, all you need to do is put in Andy Dalton, and that's not that won't be the case if that's what happens. But uh, I would like to get your take on it and see where you stand. I'm just not with the social media experts who think that Jameis Winston is the reason why this team has been losing. Yeah, I think it's – well, I think it's way more complicated, but he certainly has not played well the last two weeks in part because of his physical limitations. I think the biggest thing that, that I've seen – 
I think the Saints coaches saw it, and that's why we're seeing this uh, this change, is he is not physically able, I think, to compete at the NFL level uh, with his current condition. I mean, he's kind of a sitting duck back there, and yeah. teams are coming after him, and they're not afraid that he's going to uh, run. He doesn't have much escapability. I mean, he very much has lost all that athleticism that allowed him. I mean, remember last year, Jim, how – uh, I remember the opener against the, the Packers, him scrambling, not not necessarily, or he's not a runner, but he's a scrambler. And he was able to convert a lot of third downs using his legs. I mean, that was a key part of his, of his uh, you know, physical package was his running ability. And uh, that's gone and teams know it. So they pinning their ears back, especially playing with the lead like they have the last few games. And uh, it's just a recipe for disaster. They're having to pass, play two-minute drill because they're falling behind, and you got a quarterback that can't move and really has lost some accuracy as well because of his back. Uh, they're they're going to be a much better situation with Andy Dalton at the quarterback. But like you said, they got to have other players play better. The offensive line's got to play better. Uh, you know, the defense has got to play better. The special teams have been a letdown. So there's a lot of parts of this team that need to play better. But sometimes a new quarterback – can spark a team. We'll see if Andy Dalton can do it. That is most certainly true. Uh, that part of it, I agree with 100%. Um, I do think that new quarterbacks come in spark a team, and I will say this team needs a spark because part, a big part of that problem, in my opinion, is they played with no heart, especially the past couple of weeks and last week, and especially they they didn't show up in Charlotte. I mean, they, they had no business. Losing to that that Panthers team, the Saints are so much better athletically and and just talent wise better than the Panthers. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing that they were down thirteen nothing, and you could see when they finally started playing, they kind of started taking over a little bit, and then the defense was tired. And so I, I just, it's games like last week that re- are really frustrating more than anything. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I think one thing that'll be interesting to see is how the team rallies without Jameis Winston. I don't mean, you know, rallying because he's not starting, but because they know so often when you have a, a new quarterback, everyone's kind of on edge. They know they've got to right. kind of pick their game up a little bit. And often results, I wrote about this for Bayou Bets you know, last week, uh, often the first time backup quarterback starter, uh, they have a high winning percentage a lot of times in the NFL because the rest of the team picks up their game. And there's not much game film. And now in this case, Andy Dalton, certainly there's plenty of game film for the Vikings. But oftentimes you get a, a little spike in production from other players uh, in trying to compensate for the backup quarterback. Well, I will say this. There's a reason why you went out and signed an Andy Dalton. After last year in the debacle and having Trevor Simeon and, and how bad he was and uh, just a revolving door quarterback and then hoping you had Taysom and now, you know, I mean, there's a reason why Taysom is now the third-string quarterback. I mean, you didn't want to use him as your your starter, and you were forced into that, and he was the best option for this team. And so now you're back to where, you know, if Jameis can't go, you don't feel as forced to use him because you have a guy like Andy Dalton. Um, and, and Dalton looked great in the preseason. So I think he's really good for this offense. We'll see what happens, but there's another problem. The one receiver situation, Michael Thomas is out. I think I think I read this morning that he's he's certainly out. Like he's been listed as out. Yes. Yeah, he's definitely is, been ruled out. 
Okay, so now we're we're left with we don't know. Do we? What's the status with Jarvis Landry? Do you know? Yeah, Landry's Landry's practice last two days. He should be available. Okay, Jarvis Landry is in there, and then uh, what about Traquan Smith? Uh, he's limited, so we don't know full bore what he's going to do. Um, but the rest of the receiving core, Marquez Callaway, um, Deontay Hardy should be back. He's been practicing this week. So I think they'll be okay at receiver. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if Dalton uh, has a little more production out of some other positions that have really kind of dropped off with Jameis Winston. What I mean by that is like Adam Troutman at tight end, who's <laughs> really struggled to even get right. a target. Uh, you know, will Dalton kind of having a different quarterback back there, will that open some things up for some other weapons on the Saints offense? And Dalton has been known to throw to a tight end. So that's something he'll be looking for, whether it's, uh, you know, whoever Johnson. it may be. Yeah, Jawan Johnson. And uh, what's Taysom Hill's status? Taysom Hill's fine. He's been the backup quarterback all week at practice. And then, um, you know, the other guy that really has struggled with Winston, I don't know if that's a byproduct of uh, the lack of uh, playing, uh, you know, time on task together, but uh, Alvin Kamara is not Alvin produced. Kamara, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's been practicing all week. be interesting to see if Andy Dalton can kind of get him activated in the offense because, as you know, I mean, he's critical to this offense, especially without Mike Thomas. By far the best offensive weapon the Saints have is Kamara. And going against a Vikings team with Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, I mean, they're going to have to have guys like Alvin Kamara step up. Let me ask you about Alvin Kamara. I mean, I kind of talked about this in the, in the preseason, and I was worried that all the things that are going on off the field could affect him personally and affect him going into the, on the field. And I know he's been injured, so I don't want to blame it all on that. But he, he doesn't look right to me. And, again, it could be just a product of – the Saints have been behind, and they haven't had a chance to use them like they'd want to use them and all those things. But now we see that his trial gets delayed until at least November. So, I mean, it's almost a certainty now that he will not be suspended this year, that that is going to carry into 2023. But how much do you think that this could be affecting him? He doesn't talk a whole lot, so it's not like we're going to ask him or it's not like he's going to talk, talk about it. But do you get a sense at all that maybe these kinds of things could be lingering and and could be bothering him on the field? Well, I'll say this. Alvin Kamara, one thing about him is he pretty much wears his emotions on his sleeve. You get a quick read on how he's feeling just by watching him during a game, and I think that's what you're seeing, right? Uh, His body language pretty much tells the story. I think he's been frustrated at times this year. Uh, I think that's an issue for him. I mean, he's one of the leaders of the team, and I think he needs to display better body language uh, when things aren't going well. Uh, that was a big thing for Sean Payton and Drew Brees, and we've seen a little more of that this year without them around. Uh, but I do think uh, there's no doubt that he wants to produce at a higher level, and he's probably been frustrated with some of the injuries he's had the last couple of years. He missed games last year. All of a sudden this year he gets the rib injury and he's out again. Uh, he was incredibly durable his first three, four seasons in the league, and things are adding up, and that's what happens at that position. Uh, so right. I, I think having Dalton, the new quarterback in there, uh, for whatever reason, I mean, yesterday Marquez Callaway talked about it. He said Andy Dalton throws a little bit – he used the word like not as – he didn't doesn't throw as hard a pass as Jameis Winston. Uh, I don't think he ever used the word catchable. But in my opinion, like sometimes 
a guy like Dalton might throw a little bit more of a catchable ball. Maybe that's what can be the spark for a guy like Kamara because we know he's such a weapon out of the backfield as a receiver. Well, let's get into the the matchup itself because we're going to have to make a prediction before too long. Again, we're going to cut it short today. We usually go 45 minutes today. We're going to go 30, 35 minutes. Dunk's got some other obligations. Jeff Duncan is in London. I'm in Mandeville, and we are here on Datitude, and we're glad you joined us. Uh, if you're new to the show, this is a regular podcast, Monday, Thursday, Friday. Friday is live. And then after it's over, I go and put it. You can find Datitude wherever you find your other podcasts, and we're glad you joined us on this Friday morning. Now, I want to again, I want to get into the matchup because when I was going to look at the numbers, and I know it's only through three games, so it's a short sample. But I have to say, Dunk, I was surprised by some of these numbers. And the top three for both sides, I was super surprised. Look, I didn't think the Vikings had been playing that great at defense, but I didn't think they were 30th overall in total defense. They have not played very well defensively. So, if Andy Dalton does come in and they can get anything going, you know, with all the, the hate on Jameis Winston, and I get that they were playing catch-up, so it may be skewed a little bit. But still, to be eighth in the NFL in passing offense, to me, and eighth in total offense, says a whole lot. So you got the eighth-ranked offense against the 30th-ranked defense for the Vikings. Well, yeah, but, I mean, look, I, I... – I think you hit on, I mean, they, they've been playing catch up, you know, that's a lot of those empty yards, in my opinion, uh, the first three quarters have been pretty bleak for the offense and they piled up a lot of yards after they've been behind, but Minnesota's played some very good teams so far. I mean, the Packers, the Eagles, the lions are better offensively than people give them credit for. Uh, but it is surprising that they are ranked that low. Uh, so far defensively because they got some players on that side of the ball. But I do think there's an opportunity for the Saints offense to kind of get on track for the first time this year. I don't think they're going to have a big transition with Dalton. I mean, this is a guy that's been in a bunch of different offensive systems. He's a veteran guy. We saw him in the preseason. He's got a good grasp of this offense. And I, I think he's kind of a perfect fit in a lot of ways because he makes quick reads, gets the ball out quick, and that's we all know that's what Drew Brees was uh, the maybe the best quarterback ever at. And uh, that's no the kind of guy that I think fits what P. Carmichael wants in this system. Still, you have to find a way to exploit this Vikings defense. And I think, you know, the biggest difference, who who is best against the Vikings thus far? Well, I mean, I guess you have to look at the victory, the, the, the lone loss that the Vikings have, give, have given up, and that was the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts is going to be a lot of people because he's massively improved and they have A.J. Brown. So I think that uh, for the Saints to be effective this week, they don't have a, a quarterback that can move around like Jalen Hurts, but they certainly have weapons. So we go back to talking about Alvin Kamara. I think Alvin Kamara has to be a key in this game because to me to attack this Vikings defense, you do it with speed. And who's your fastest guy in the field? It's Alvin Kamara. Yeah, look, the Saints have actually – run the ball pretty darn well. They just haven't run it very often because they've been playing. Because they've been behind, right? Yeah, they're averaging five and a half yards a carry. I mean, that's incredible. So uh, that that's a good sign. I know a lot of that really gets still skewed a little bit from the Taysom Hill opening game where he had a lot of yards, 57-yard run. But they still have been pretty productive on the ground with Kamara and Ingram. Uh, they've caught the ball up too much. There's no doubt about that. That's where it all starts, Jim, with this team. Offensively, they got to eliminate turnovers and they got to eliminate these self inflicted penalties that have caused them to be in these long down and distance situations that have short circuited drives. To me, that's very uncharacteristic and 
you know, I talked to Deuce McAllister last night about it. Uh, you know, there, there's more to, more going on here with the lack of offensive production at quarterback than just, uh, you know, the passing game. We all see the passing at the quarterback position. And that's what we kind of base everything on. But there's just a management issue going on right now. And I think Jameis Winston has to take a lot of the responsibility of that. Uh, you know, all these offensive penalties, these pre-snap penalties, the sacks they give up, a lot of that's on the quarterback. It's not just uh, the offensive line pass protection. The quarterback makes a lot of these reads and checks and has to know where to go with the ball. And uh, I just think there's, there's, they've been out of kilter because of that. Now, whether it's because he's so worried about his back and he, he's having these issues, but uh, Deuce made a good point of, of saying last night that of these sacks and, and problems they've had, only three he said, are credited to the offensive line. So that should tell you it's either the backs or the quarterback uh, or maybe the tight ends that are, that are leading to some of these issues. Or the back's back. I mean, you know, I mean, that'd be funny, but, you know, the quarterback's back. I mean, that's what it, we, we've been talking about for the past three weeks. Um, going back, we, we haven't really spent a lot of time talking about the defense. And you talk about skewed numbers. I mean, the Saints have done well against the pass because – and they really have. They they kind of did okay against Mariota, but they stuffed Brady, and then they stuffed Baker Mayfield. That that fifth round passing defense, I think, has a chance to get even better than that. Uh, their rushing defense is also kind of skewed. Mariota was able to run around a little bit. Fournette didn't really do anything. And McCaffrey, as they was trying to salt away the clock last week, so I think this overall thirteenth ranked defense. I think that number is skewed. Uh, away from the Saints, where the offensive number is skewed in their favor, the defensive number maybe not skewed in the opposite direction. But, you know, you want to talk about skewed. Don't get fooled by those offensive numbers for the Vikings. They had a bad game against Philadelphia. But we've talked about it, Dunk. They have some of the best offensive weapons in the NFL. Dalvin Cook, and if he gets hurt, Alexander Madison's pretty darn good. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, go down the line. Irv Smith, who went to Brother Martin. And then you talk about KJ Osborne, Osborne. even yeah. their third, their third receiver. They they are stacked. Yeah, this will be the biggest test of the Saints receiving uh, Saints secondary for sure. Uh, Kirk Cousins is a is a streaky quarterback. He has yeah. games where he looks like a Pro Bowler, and in games like we saw against the Eagles, where he just really struggles. Which one you're going to get? Uh, the Saints will find out on Sunday. But if they allow him to get comfortable, he's not particularly mobile he can move around a little bit but he's not going to be you know baker mayfield or marcus mariota so i do think they can get after him a little more and uh but if they allow him to get into a rhythm with those weapons on the outside uh, i think some of the saints numbers also have been skewed in the pass defense just because i mean brady wasn't even trying to throw the ball down the field uh he was managing that game uh you know as a quarterback because of the the limitations of the receiving core and their offensive line with the injuries, he pretty much was uh, almost willing to concede third downs to punting the ball as opposed to trying to get those first downs. He wanted to stay out of negative plays. So everything's a little skewed. The, Baker Mayfield and Mariota were playing with leads. They weren't going to put the ball into harm's way downfield. So uh, we'll find out more, I think, about this secondary and this pass rush uh, in this game because so far they've both been kind of muted. The Saints uh, lead the league in having the most crushed tablets against them. So uh, Tom Brady uh, has been told by the NFL, stop. 
ruining our tablets. And there's a rule now. There's a Brady rule. You can no longer smash tablets on the sideline or you get fined exponentially. So I'm sure he doesn't care about that. Um, we're going to get to our prediction. So now is the time if you want to comment your prediction, no matter where you watch it, you watch it on Facebook or Twitter. I have my Twitter feed up. Uh, if you have YouTube, if you're on YouTube, now's the time you can give your own prediction. We'll put it on the screen. Duncan and I are going to do that. Before I we start with our predictions, I want to make an announcement. We're going to have a special show next Friday. It'll be our, the 100th episode of Datitude. And as a kind of celebration, we're going to have a Duncan Holder reunion that I'm excited about. It's going to be, nice. uh, you know, the Duncan Holder show for, for quite a few years. We had a lot of fun with it. And you guys were nice enough to let me come on a few times. I was the guest fill-in. Um, we also had Clyde Verdan, who was on the side, uh, kind of a, kind of the sidekick, and he was great. And so all four of us are going to be together again next Friday. So maybe we'll do a little bit longer show than normal. Maybe we'll take the, the 10 or 15 minutes we didn't use today and we'll use next Friday. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun, Dunk. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we, we really had a good time doing that show for a number of years and uh, look forward to seeing, as we, call, as we called him, Clydeco. That was our nickname for him. <laughs> Well, he, he is a, a hoot, and last Friday when Jim Rapier and I were doing our high school game, we bumped into him, and he was working for the Advocate, and so we ended up going to have dinner uh, after our game and had a lot of fun just kind of reminiscing and catching up. So Clyde's going to come on the show, and uh, I'll make sure I have a lot of roast for uh, for Mr. Holder. You know, it was I mean, fun last it. night, Jim, as we ran into Nakia Hogan, former colleague. Oh, really? I haven't game. heard that name in forever. Nakia came to the event, of course, former Times Picayune uh, Saints yeah. reporter, and we saw him over here in London uh, with some of his friends. Uh, they made the trip over, so it was great uh, catching back up with Nakia. I haven't, haven't seen or talked to him in probably a decade. All right, it's time for that uh, time of the show where we give our predictions. We already have a couple. Uh, Christopher Butler, he says 27-14, but that doesn't tell me anything. I don't know whether you mean Saints or Vikings. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming since you don't put anything that you mean that the Saints are going to win. Uh, we know Jerry thinks the Saints are going to win. If, it, let me just tell you something. If Jerry ever says the Saints are going to lose, they're done. Okay? I mean, they're, they're like done, done. So if, if Jerry predicts the Saints to lose, this team is going to fall off of a cliff. I mean, so we can just stop covering. Kim Trance says who that. All right. It's time to get into our uh, our picks segment. I will throw the numbers up on the board. Dunk the Saints at one and two are a two and a half point underdog uh, in a neutral site game. Money line plus one eighteen. That means if you bet a hundred dollars on the Saints and they win straight up, you get hundred and eighteen dollars. Conversely, for the Vikings, they are two and a half point favorites. You have to lay a little juice. Actually, they are two and a half at minus one fifteen. So you get about one hundred and fifteen. To win 100 at minus two and a half. Their money line is 140. Overall total, the over under is 43 and a half. What do you see happening on Sunday at Tottenham Stadium? Well, I think the Saints are a desperate team. And when you have a desperate team, sometimes that's the difference in winning. I think that happened last week with the Saints against Carolina. They just were the hungrier team, and you could see it on the field. And I think that'll be the case on Sunday. I mean, I think they might get a a defensive score out of this game. They really, as good as their defense has played, they have not really taken the ball away. They still have an interception. I think that will end 
on Sunday. They get some short fields to work with. I think this game could go over, Jim. And I know, you know the Saints have been a good under bet so far. Uh, but I would I would take the Saints and those points. You could take them on the money line. I know it's probably not that big because of the low spread, but I'll go 23-21 Saints. You and I are on a similar page. Um, you know, Monday on Datitude, Derry Downer returned. Uh, I was pretty ticked off. Not so much because of the lost. I was ticked off because they didn't show up. And so, uh, you know, I said that I was ready to say that they were going to get their ass kicked in this, this season's basically over. Well, I haven't necessarily changed my mind as far as the grand picture of things, but I will say this. If the Saints don't show up on Sunday, then they're not going to show up. I mean, they, they, you don't go on a plane ride together. You, you fly across the country. You're wearing your black helmets that everybody's been talking about, the color rush jerseys. They're making a big deal about it. Um, you don't do all that, and if you still don't show up after that, you're probably going to have Andy Dalton, then you're not going to show up. So with that being said, these guys are professionals. I think they have a lot of pride. I think they have a lot of talent that they've been wasting, and I do think they're going to show up. So it's now or never. Um, and not only that, every Aunt Mabel and Drunk Joe that's not wearing black and gold thinks the Vikings are going to kill the Saints this week. So the fact that the public is all over the Vikings is enough for me to take the Saints. And I actually think it's enough to bet on. Um, I, I think the Saints are going to win. I agree with it that it's going to go over. I think it's going to go way over. Actually, I think this, the Saints are going to score like 30 points. Um, my prediction is Saints 30, Vikings 20, we'll say 26. I forget what I put in my column, something like that. But I think the Saints play well, and I don't. I think that they, they find a way to make it so where they're winning most of the game, and it's unlike a lot of the past games, Dunk, where they've had to play catch-up and had to, to eke it out. So um, we'll see. We'll see if Dunk and I are both right. We've both been on the same side. I think for this is four games, the only difference is the, the first game, I think you predicted the Saints would cover, and I said they didn't otherwise, but we've, we've said the Saints were going to win uh, – Four weeks in a row now, so I guess something's got to give, right? Yeah, at some point we got to stop being homers. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I don't. For me, I'm like I said, I've been called Derry Downer enough. I'm not being a homer. They're just calling them as I think it. And when I went through my analysis on, I spend all of two, all of Wednesday, part of Tuesday, well, on my off day, and all of Wednesday going through analysis. And analysis says the Saints can win this game, and actually, I kind of think should win this game. So if they can even limit Kirk Cousins and find a way to stop uh, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, got to remember, he's a little banged up too. So we'll see how effective right. he is. All right, before I let you go, Duncan, I know you got something else to do. I want to spend 30 seconds on LSU and 30 seconds on Tulane. LSU going to the Plains, an eight-point favorite over Auburn. Seems like a lot of points to me. Agree with you. Very difficult place to play. The first – a uh, road game, you know, real road game for LSU right. this year. That's always, in my opinion, a good betting angle. Take the home team in that situation on a, a team. That's, let's face it, this is almost like a 50-50 game, even though I think Auburn's down and I like the way LSU's trending. Too many points, though, for an Auburn team that's going to have a home field advantage and be a little desperate because they've not gotten off to the greatest start. I agree with you. I think LSU wins, but I think it's tight. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch this game with a stick, but I think that Auburn is going to cover, even though LSU is clearly, and I mean clearly, a better team than Auburn. Uh, but that doesn't always translate when you talk to betting lines. Lastly, 
I think two lane rebounds against Houston. Uh, I know that you know Houston is a two and a half point favorite. The Green Wave have struggled with Houston in the past, but on a short week, Dunk, not, no time to think about the woes and the laments about all the things you let slip away last Saturday against Southern Miss at Yulman Stadium. Yeah, look, we kind of called that a little bit. I didn't think they'd lose the game, but 14-point favorite, that was way too much. Uh, you know, that was a good example of a game where the, the where Southern Miss caught Tulane at the perfect time. We, we talked about it. Between the big upset against Kansas State, looking ahead potentially to Houston, and you get them in the old sandwich game. Uh, but I agree, Tulane will bounce back. I still think this is a difficult game, though. That's a difficult place to play in that new stadium Houston's got. I think it's a three- or four-year-old stadium. So I would actually – I'm going to go with Houston. Houston's talented. They've got a ton of talent. They're just up and down. You never know which which Houston team you're going to get. And I think, unfortunately, for Tulane, they're going to get the good Houston this week. We'll find out whether you're right or not. They play – Tulane plays tonight. I believe it is on ESPN, a Friday night game. And uh, it's my only Friday night off of the entire prep season, so I may stay home and watch it. We'll see. But that is going to do it for Dunk and I. Dunk's got some other obligations going on in London. He is Jeff Duncan in London. I am Jim Darian Mandeville. Dunk, we're going to have a lot of fun next week with the Duncan Holder reunion, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, but we'll talk then. Uh, hopefully my body clock will be adjusted uh, <laughs> on the New Orleans time once we get back. I'm not sure what was going on with my audio this morning, but uh, obviously I had a little bit of issues. I hope you stuck through it and a little clickety-click. That just drives me insane. So hopefully uh, we'll get that f- fixed. There's a reason why I just upgraded my internet here. You'd think that it'd be working great, but apparently not so much. We'll have to work on that and figure it out. Okay, Saints-Vikings, we have, we have pretty much exhausted our pregame talk on the Saints and the Vikings, right? Um, again, I know where a lot of you stand. And look, you know what? I hope you all are right. I hope every single one of you yahoos, as I've been calling you, is right. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Andy Dalton comes in and it goes 25 for 35 and passes for 340 yards and three touchdowns and the Saints win. And you know what? It still won't mean that I'm wrong, too. I mean, it, you're still going to see Jameis Winston at some point. You know what would have to happen for Andy Dalton to come in and take this job and not give it back? A whole lot. So if that happens, then and you're really right, and and maybe I am proven wrong, then great. I mean, it's, it means the Saints are having a wonderful season. Um, but you know, it is a long season. We got a, lo- a long way to go. It doesn't matter who's right or wrong. It just matters whether the Saints can show up and start to put together the season that we thought they were going to have. And we're going to find that out. And uh, you know, we're going to find out a little bit about. What LSU's made of as they travel to the plains of Auburn. It's a letdown kind of game. Auburn's not a good football team. Kind of the same boat the Saints were in last week against Carolina. LSU's going into against Auburn. LSU has no business losing to Auburn. So if we come here on Monday morning and talk Saints-Vikings and then we gloss over the Tigers and they stunk it up, well, it's because they, frankly, lost to a team they should beat. Uh, they've already beaten a team they probably should have lost to in Mississippi State. Can they beat a team they're supposed to beat on the road, first real road game of the season? 
at Auburn. We'll find out Tulane tonight against Houston. It's all going to be fun. We'll see if the Green Wave can rebound after their loss to Southern Miss. We hope you have a wonderful weekend of football and this first beautiful fall weather weekend. I'll tell you what. You know, I, I dog the, the, the days of summer because I hate them. I hate the heat. And when that first front comes through, it just kind of changes your outlook on it. Maybe that's why I'm positive on the Saints this week. I don't know. But uh, the weather will, that first real blast of air that is not just like a furnace, it just feels pretty good, doesn't it? Maybe it, it does change your outlook. So whether you're going to some festivals out there this weekend, I know the St. Tammany Parish Fair is this weekend, uh, all kinds of things going on in the city, and uh, a whole bunch of football. Whatever it is, make sure you enjoy it. We're going to go out today with a song, another you know, as you get to be my age, pieces of your youth just kind of like fall off the side of the road. Um, whether it's somebody you're close to or whether it's someone that's famous or celebrity or whatever, you know, it seems like it's almost like every other week something happens. And this week it was the death of the sudden death of Coolio. So, you know, another piece of my youth is gone. And... Um, you know, rest in peace to him. I think he was 59 years old. Which, I mean, again, start putting things in perspective. I'm 54. I've lost uh, three dear friends now in the past four. Four dear friends now in the past seven years. Uh, pe- people that I was very close to, all close to my age. And so, starts putting things in perspective. And uh, but when you think of Coolio, you think of Gangsta's Paradise and. Uh, if you're anywhere around my age, then you know the song pretty well. And that's how we're going to go out today. And uh, we're going to wish you just go outside and enjoy it. Just enjoy what's going on. Enjoy your family. Be with them. Spend some time watching football, but enjoy what you have. Spend time with your family. I implore you. If at any other, there's no better time than with a weekend like this. So go out and have fun. We are going to see you on Monday. We're going to review the Saints game. Not sure if I'll have a guest or if I'll be doing it by myself again. Either way, we're going to talk Saints-Vikings recap, and we will touch on LSU-Auburn, touch on Tulane-Houston. We're all going to have fun, win or lose, right? No matter what happens, we're going to have fun. By God. (laughs) Enjoy the weekend. We will talk to you on Monday. Peace and love, my friends. What can I say? I'm 23 now, but will I live to see 24 the way things are going? I don't know. Tell me.